0: everyone thank you for tuning in to our podcast called unapologetically different my name is kiana I also go by key and my co-host name is pierre um i'm from the bronx born and raised
1: and i'm from brooklyn shout outs to jay-z biggie brooklyn
0: i classify myself as a Jamaican. please let me explain i was first generation born in the u.s my family are primarily jamaicans How about you, Pierre?
1: And I was, again, born and raised in Brooklyn, and my family's actually from Haiti, so I'm a Haitian-American, and yeah, uh, that's that's a quick background on me.
0: First, we would like to discuss uh, millennials. What does it mean to be a millennial? And what has changed in our culture in terms of being classified as a millennial and how we present ourselves to the world that we're in and in terms of career path and things that we want to do. Pierre, do you have any background on that?
1: To be honest, I'm I'm not really even sure where that, that phrase millennial comes from, but from my experience of being a millennial, I feel like the landscape has changed a lot from what it was when our parents were growing up. I feel like my parents preached to me a lot about finding a job, sticking it out, and working for that company, and getting a retirement. But from what I see around from people in my age group, it seems like everyone's got a hustle. Everyone's got a side hustle, and everyone has something else that they're doing, similar to this podcast that we're, me and Keir are doing right now. It's something that we're passionate about, just getting a voice for people in our age range, and I guess I should add, I'm I'm 27, and... Yeah, so I think part of being a millennial, there's been a shift in how we go about with jobs and how we set up for our future. I think that's that's a big defining factor of what it is to be a millennial.
0: Well, um, according to <laughs> Google, a millennial is a person reaching young adulthood in the early 21st century. Now, I like to elaborate on that. I think... Our culture and our generation are very unique. Like what you said in regards to... We're not really following in our parents' and older generations' path. You know, um, a lot of... I feel like older generations, they've worked in jobs that they disliked. They practically hated. But they had to do it to support their family and their household. And I truly respect that. I don't really look down on anyone or judge anyone for having that kind of lifestyle. Or having that kind of mentality. I do feel... Like we have observed a lot of what the older generation has done and said, I don't want to do that. I don't want to be at a job for 10, 15 years and I'm not happy yet. I'm probably not going to get a raise. I'm going to have to fight for it. Um, If I'm not valued at this company, I'm going to transition and go someplace else. And that's what I really admire about millennials that I'm seeing. A lot of us are hustling. We have like three, four jobs. We're living in apartments with like three, four, maybe 10 roommates at a time um, just to get by. But at the same time, I appreciate a lot of what we're doing. I feel like a lot of some of us are doing grassroots work. We're very, being very involved in the community and we're trying to balance it all. You know, in terms of being involved is very time consuming in the community and doing community work. But at the flip side, having a job, you know, there are people working full time jobs and part time jobs or three part time jobs um, just to get by. And I, I feel like a lot of us or majority of us are living check to check. You know, people say you need to save up and I do believe that we should be saving up, but it's kind of hard to save up when I have loans to pay. I have a phone bill. I have a credit card bill. And, you know, if you're living at home with your parents, some of us are actually helping our parents out financially. Um, I know there are people who live on their own and they have their own place and commend you. I commend you on that. And, you know, that's good that you're able to get your own place. But there's people who lives at home with their parents and they're not able to get their own place based off of their financial situation. But at the same time, I've noticed there's others who are helping their parents. So they're not freeloading necessarily. But I do feel like this whole conversation around millennials is very interesting. And I just want to see how we're gonna evolve, you know, past this kind of decade and see what we're gonna be in maybe in our mid thirties and mid forties and how the approach that we're doing now is gonna change over time. And also what the next generation is gonna do. Because I question we are different from other generations. What we're doing now, others were not doing before. I, I do feel there are older generation indivi- individuals, sorry, who critique us and what we're doing, and it's like, okay, you had your turn, you did what you had to do. Now let us live. But I'm just dying to see what the next generation is going to do because I'm sure they're going to be different from us. But I really hope that we are inspiring them to be their own person and to evolve and if you want to work multiple jobs do that until you get into a career that you actually like and you enjoy that when you're doing the work it doesn't feel like work and you're not really waiting on a check or when the money comes in you're not even paying it no mind that's where i want to be so i hope that's the message we send to millennials um and anything else you'd like to comment on that
1: um i just got like super goosebumps just now and just as a side note, I get goosebumps a lot. But yeah. I'm aware. <laughs> <laughs> like the when you put into that perspective of having the future generation seeing how we're going about life, that that just made made it a lot more real for me. As I get older, I didn't really think about it in that way. But um yeah, I, I think something that our generation does, we we're all pretty driven to try to find that purpose in life like that thing that we want to wake up and do every single day and it doesn't feel like work like you said and it it is exciting i i feel like when you have something that you're passionate about and something that just drives you it's everything falls into place that way you don't you're not getting pulled by whatever other people want for you or out of their life. You're basically, you have your goals, you're driven, and you're focused, and I think with millennials, we have that power, and that's that's a pretty great place to come from, so yeah, let's see see what we can
0: create out here. It's a great feeling, and I'm proud to be a part of it, and now we want to just switch gears a little bit, you know, um, we want to start off our podcast on a light note. And I think us discussing millennials is a good approach. Now we're going to transition and talk about politics. <laughs> now we all know Trump is in the White House; he's our president for the next four years. Um, some of us are, you know, displeased with that and very hurt and saddened by it. And there's others that, you know, they're fine with it. And then there are people in between who really don't care. But right now, we would like to discuss the Muslim ban because it's something that has happened with him signing the executive order, which was sort of vague in context. And it kind of did a whirlwind at airports the past week or so. Um, There were literally protests at these airports. And I commend people who protest and partake in those activities. Um, I protest as well. And I do think it's very inspiring and very powerful. I know some people think protesting is meaningless and it's pointless. I don't think so. I feel like when you're around people and you have the same kind of sediments and kind of um, gold set in mind at these protests and you have your flyers or you have your posters and you're engaging with people, um, I think it's a great thing. And what I love more so about protests is the energy. I feel like the energy is on another level. I can't really explain it, um, but for those who have attended protests, I'm sure you can relate. So the... The Muslim ban was really catered to affect citizens of Syria, Iran, Iraq, Libya, Yemen, Sudan, and Somalia. And because of that, um, there's been an uproar in terms of people who were not able to re-enter the U.S. even though they've lived here their whole lives. (laughs) And, you know, it's kind of crazy. Like, they're trying to come back to their families and their businesses and they're being held up. And their visas are being revoked and taken away from them. So now, luckily, there was a lawsuit filed by an attorney general in Seattle, and the judge actually ruled in favor of the attorney general. And because of that, people, 60,000 visas that has been revoked will be handed back to their holders. So as of right now, and then Homeland Security suspend the ban. We're not sure how long the suspension is for. Um, We'll be updating and following the media and politics to see, to kind of keep up to see what's going on. But I'm going to be honest with you. I'm relieved because it's like, yes, it's a, it's a suspension. Sorry about that. Um, but it's it's a brief moment where it's like, okay, we won. We got something. You know, the protests actually work. Not sure what's going to happen moving forward, but I just really hope and pray that it does not turn out to be a situation and, you know, they end up turning it over and it's no longer suspended. And it be- creates more um, chaos and havoc within our country and i was really hurting by the ban um i think it's very problematic and i'm glad that the judge ruled in a favor and homeland security followed suit um pierre what's your take on it
1: uh to be honest it's scary it's really scary why because if they can ban people from coming to the country pretty much based on their religion even though it's a ban based on location everyone pretty everyone's aware it's a religious ban it that's just i feel like that's going to be the tip of the iceberg if you're starting off uh, your administration in that way this can just evolve into so much more i think you, you when we were talking earlier today you mentioned that the band can also start affecting people from Jamaica. We didn't really get into... Uh,
0: and like, other countries as well.
1: Right. Yeah. So, yeah, the, just that fact that we're supposed to be a melting pot. We're out, this country was founded on freedom and escaping persecution, and now we're literally representing the opposite of that. So I just think it's a scary time. But I'm like just the living optimistic person. I always try to look for the silver lining and things and one thing that I I thought was pretty awesome was there were Muslims at airports praying and there were Yeah. That's dope. And then there were crowds of people actually cheering them on. So if you like if this was literally sixty days ago, if you saw a group of Muslim people at the airport praying there would not be crowds cheering them on, and just to be frank, there would be a lot of people who would be uncomfortable with that because it's because of, I guess, I would say the media and just the way the religion is portrayed, and, and people try to associate radicals and extremists with the entire religion. So I thought that was pretty powerful that people are uniting through the actions that the administration is taking. So that's I love that. That was just huge, and so that's yeah, that's.
0: Well, let me flip the script a little bit because you're born in Brooklyn. Uh huh. I'm born in the Bronx. Why does that ban even bother you? Now, people, I'm just asking question. That does not mean I'm for the ban. I'm actually totally against the Muslim ban. Um, but I just want to flip the script a little bit because I do feel like there's this perceived... um. Notion or misconception better word actually that people who are born in the U.S. are actual citizens don't care um, and people who may have had immigrants in their family like three years or three generations removed they don't care so I just kind of want to flip the script a little bit change up a little and I just want to get your take why do you care as much since you're born in this country this doesn't affect you directly so why do you care?
1: I guess I care because I'm I'm all about just connection and people, and I think that this ban it's supposed to stop radicals and keep our country safe, but the people who are actually getting hurt by this are just everyday Americans and yeah. their friends, their family, and it's kind of heartbreaking when parents are being separated from their children, and they've created a life here already, so that, that sucks. But then, on top of that, I'm like against it because, again, it it can just it can grow into so much more. I'm yeah. I think that when you're when you're starting off this way, next it can be Protestants or people from Israel, black people, yellow people, whatever the case may be. It just I just don't I can see this spiraling into so much more and that's not what this country is supposed to represent. And I guess the biggest thing is the United States has always been, I guess in the world, a leader. And what standards the U.S. set, a lot of times the rest of the world follows suit. So, like... uh, What's the word I'm trying to say here? I, I just don't... I don't want us to set these standards and then other nations other countries start to follow suit and start pushing this hate and stepping away from unity and i think we just have that responsibility as being one of the more powerful countries in the world to just it's just basic human rights and yeah i don't know it's tough
0: no i definitely think um it's a valid point you make, and I really don't think it's necessarily about whether you are from, whether you are a citizen of the U.S. or not. Just the fact that you see another group of people being affected in such a dr- drastic and dramatic way, so instantaneously, when you think about it, because he literally signed the order and it was put into effect. Um, I do think it's very problematic. I I don't think it should matter what your position is, whether you're a citizen or not. You should feel some type of way about it, especially when it relates in the context of humanity. And I feel like we pride ourselves on that or we try to. And you made a very valid point about the U.S. following, um, I mean, other countries following suit and not allowing Americans into their country act. To speak more specifically, Iran had followed suit and said, you know, Americans are disbanded to enter Iran on because of this executive order. And it's funny because I did make a post about that. I said, you know, it's all fun and games until so Americans are banned from other countries. And Americans, we like to travel. <laughs> we like to get out there. Ooh. So if you're being banned from entering another country for something that you were not necessarily affiliated with because you didn't agree with this ban, It affects you, you know, and I think it's even more problematic. Say you plan a trip, you know, you plan to spend all this money in flight, hotel, and you get there and they say you can't come into this country because you're an American or your religious affiliation. It it makes you feel a certain type of way. And, you know, aside from being upset that you wasted mileage and money and all of this stuff, the fact that you were banned from another country because of these factors, which are really insignificant, it's very problematic. Um... And it sets the tone. Like, what are we trying to say? You know, and I find it to be very interesting, in fact, because two things. This country was built off of immigrants back. So for you to disband them from entering this country, how far do you think we're going to progress as a country? We've been progressing because of immigrants coming into this country, you know, and also immigrants being able to do jobs that some typical Americans would not do or citizens of the U.S. would not do. So that's something to kind of consider. But also... I want to touch upon the fact that you know it sets the message in terms of the younger generation and what does, what tone does that set for them. I always try to think of the younger generation because they are the future of our world and I feel like we're, we should be leading by example because they're looking up to us and it's like what tone does that send to the younger generation who are actually born in the U.S. and may look at other individuals that are not citizens here as outsiders as different and marginalizing them at such a young age, you know, because they are following line or following suit into what they see and what they believe in the media. Um, I don't think it's okay. And I do believe that we should all, you know, in some context come together and try to push back on this and resist. I definitely think protesting and whatever else we need to do down the line to kind of do away with this. I think, you know, as long as it's civil and legal, (laughs) I think that's something that we should definitely do. But what I find to be so odd is that, you know, when Trump was coming into presidency in his election, he did say he wanted to build a world. He did say he wanted to do a ban. It's not a surprise to me. What surprised me is how quickly and swiftly it happened and without him even gaining approval through Congress. That is what really surprised me. Um, I'm not saying I'm for the ban. I'm not. But I'm not surprised of what he did and how because of the fact that he was saying it this whole time what gets me is that people are surprised by what he's doing and I'm just like were you not paying attention throughout the whole election campaign were you oblivious to the things that he was saying or did some people feed into that oh he's not gonna do that let's give him a chance he's gonna be a great guy and he's not gonna get into those activities and shenanigans and we don't have nothing to be concerned about the next four years what is your take on that
1: Well, I just want to touch on two things that you said. I love the fact that you look at things from a generational perspective because you said the kids are the future and whatever standard we're setting for them, that's going to affect everything. That's going to affect the future of our children, grandchildren, great-grandchildren, just the future of the planet because all of this is connected. So I love that and I want to start looking at things in that way, like, what kind of example am I setting for future generations? Um, and then, I just wanted to also say, one of, another reason I'm actually against the ban is because I think it's just adding fuel to radical extremists, it's adding fuel to their fire. They can say, hey, look at America, they don't like us, they hate us, and this is what they're doing. They're not even allowing us into their country. So. I think we're isolating an entire religion and then we're just causing and creating more enemies for ourselves. And to be honest, me being from New York City, working in the city, that's a scary thought, just that people are out there getting angrier at us. So, yeah, I wanted to just... Because that kind of just came to my head. But, um, yeah, I was actually really surprised that he was able to take action on these on these. So swiftly. Right, yeah. It was surprising. I, did, I know the president has power, but I think this is extreme. He was day one just signing orders and getting things done. To be honest, the first thing that I thought about was when Barack was in power, could he have just started day one, just started signing executive orders and getting the ball rolling on a lot of stuff? But that's like a fairy tale. I'm I'm living in the past right now. Shout outs to number forty four. Obama <laughs> see you. Okay. are the
0: best, Obama. Yeah. <laughs> um.
1: But yeah. Um. It's it's crazy how the president has so much power and he is exercising that power. But I think us as people as well, we have power as well, and we should be taking, we should be looking at what the president's doing and realizing he's taking action on the agenda that he's trying to push. So we need to be out there taking action action on our agenda. We don't have to sit by and just see what's going on and feel hopeless or powerless about it. The attorney general in Seattle that went and filed the lawsuit, he took action and he got the ban temporarily reversed. So this is, it's very...
0: And what I like about that, it became a domino effect because the attorney general filed the lawsuit, then the judge ruled in his favor and was like, you know, the the president do have power, but in the context of how. in terms of balance of powers work in this country and stuff like that, and Congress and all of that, like, he has limited powers. And they kind of made that evident. And then Homeland Security stepping in and saying, yeah, we're going to suspend the ban. So it really shows, you know, he does have power, but there's restrictions to it. I think what really bothers me more so with, with this ban is that it's starting off with Muslim countries or countries affiliated with Muslim religion, but it's branching off into other countries as well. And I think Other people are going to be more concerned because I feel like when it was only about the Muslims or people from those specific seven countries, it was like, oh, okay, well, you know, I'm not really concerned as much. But then I feel like now as it's going to spread on to other countries, people are really getting nervous and scared. And what I hate about it, you know, is the fear it puts in people like, yes, I'm a citizen. Does it affect me directly? It doesn't. But it does affect me because, like I said, I'm first generation born here and it bothers me because I worry about, you know, my family members and my friends and people that I may know and come and encounter with. And I'm concerned because I'm like, I wouldn't want you to be sent back to where you were because of this ban and, you know, you being tied to it and you have no direct affiliation to it. And I hate the fear factor. And I feel like that's what it puts in this country. You know, we have have overcome so much, and we still have so much more work to do, don't get me wrong. But that fear factor that, you know, that is coming into play and people, I feel like people ain't gonna travel now. It's like, let me wait four years before I go here. Because, like, I don't want to take a chance traveling and then come back, and it's like, or being that it's suspended, we don't know how long the suspension is gonna last. You know, so it could be, like, three months suspension, so we gotta go someplace and come back within three months. Like, it's scary and I hate that. Like, that fear, it just really boils my blood and it gets me really upset and borderline emotional because that's not okay. Like, I was watching CNN and I seen a woman who came out, two women, and they hug. I believe, her husband or brother. They're coming out the airport. I'm not sure if, I think it was JFK. And I literally cried. I was like, oh my God. Like, it was like, this is what's happening right now in 2017. This is what's going on. Like, you just have to hope and pray you make it to the other side of that door to hug your family members and have that connection and bond that you should have already had. It's Now it's like a privilege, you know? And it really keeps us in line, I feel like, as Americans who are born here. It's like, yes, I may have a privilege as being a citizen, but I realize that in some aspects that there are people who do not have the same, you know, the same privilege as me in regards to me being a citizen here but have to live their life differently. And it really gets underneath my skin and I'm really bothered by that and like I said what tone does that set and if you're putting fear in people about that then when you know if you know attacks happen in the future because this may prompt more God willing I hope it doesn't but if it leads to that then it's going to be more fear it's going to be fear on top of fear on top of fear it's going to be like you're going to be in fear of even being an American
1: damn that's crazy that's crazy when you put it that way I don't, I don't know about you. I love to travel, so I will not be having a four-year stoppage in my traveling. But when I do leave the country, going forward, I am from Canada. I Shout-outs to Drake. Shout-outs to The Six. I am not an American. I'm I'm from Canada, and I am out here.
0: <laughs> so you claiming that now?
1: Exactly. For the
0: next four years or five?
1: Toronto. I see you. <laughs> and it, even though it's a joke, it actually... I'm really into basketball, and one of my favorite players, I guess not one of my favorite players, whatever, that doesn't matter, Luol Deng on the Toronto Raptors, I believe he's from Sudan, and there are players who are saying that if he comes into the U.S., he may not be able to... I'm sorry, he may not be able to enter the US to play games. And that that's actually crazy when you're seeing it affect something like sports, which everyone loves. So
0: And actors. Yeah. And actresses who are from in different countries coming in. Right. Um, that's a big thing too. Like at the SAG Awards, which I had watched, it was it was a they did talk about that. Some of the entertainers did speak about not being for the band. But it when you think about it in that context, a lot of entertainers especially in the business of acting, are not from the U.S. A lot of them are out in other areas in other countries. So it's like, what does that do? <laughs> you know, it, it backfires. So, you know, in terms of them trying to do a film or actually work in the U.S. and do what they need to do and, you know, really take their talent to another level, it's a hindrance. Which, you know, I think, and now I think, and this is the thing, this is what bothers me. I feel like now when I break into entertainment, people going to care even more. Because now you have your athlete, one of your favorite. Imagine if that was a Mello. Mm. Mello wasn't from here. People be <laughs> protesting at Madison Square Garden. Heavy. So now when it's it's hitting certain portions or certain parts of people who are like, you know what I'm saying? Like where it's going to be having direct effect in terms of entertainment. I feel like now it's going to be a situation. It's going to be like a thing. Um, are people gonna? Some people are going to care more. Because I feel like there's certain people who may not care as much now. But as it's spread out and it affects other countries and maybe branches off into entertainment, people are going to care more, which I, I think is problematic because I care when it was those seven countries that are affected. I get emotional when it was those seven countries. It doesn't have to be anyone I know who are directly, you know, affiliated with being Muslim or anything of that sort, but it's a part of humanity. And I think we forget that in this day and age. It's just like, oh, let's do away with that until it directly affects me. That's when I'm going to care that's the attitude I had, partaking in protesting and really being an advocate for stuff, I wouldn't be that person. A lot of stuff I partake in doesn't have a direct effect on me. But to see people hurt, see people in pain, see people in fear, bothers me. Because it's like, we shouldn't be living our lives like that. you know. And then it ties into, when it leads to that now, and then we're all going on in the media... You know, mental health. Yeah. You know, it really messes and kind of put a hindrance on your mental health. How, how have you been doing throughout this whole process?
1: Well, before I answer that, I I just got like a scary thought in my head. I feel like we're like one step away from the Hunger Games becoming <laughs> reality. And then I I, re- I want to go back and correct uh, the statement I said about Lou dang being on the Raptors. He's actually on the Lakers. So there's fear of actually leaving the state to like go play Toronto and then not being able to come back to LA because he's from Sudan and he's Sudanese. I, I was actually living in alternative facts land just now. So I want to I want to apologize for that. I, it's like a contagious thing that's going around the alternative facts
0: but it's facts though but yeah, yeah. I,
1: i'm I'm gonna have to find a way to make this work for me alternative fact that's gonna be like in my back pocket when i it. no need shade to...
0: though exactly no shade None. just keeping it 100 but no shade <laughs>
1: um i'm sorry can you refresh me with remind me what the question was
0: yeah in regards to um and i'm glad you clarified by the way that was really good of you um in terms of what's going on in the media and you know this whole muslim ban and also a lot of other areas you know people are concerned about with this whole trump administration how have you been dealing with mental health like is there a balance like what's going on
1: so i love that question so for me it's i practice meditation and i think we're constantly running a mile a minute and just Like we were saying earlier, millennials, were just doing so many things. We're three jobs. We're taking care of our family, trying to take care of our relationship, trying to start that business on the side. So sometimes we got to take a step back and just breathe and catch our breath. There's like a quote that I actually really like that. It says, a calm mind is a healthy mind. And Mm -hmm. if your mind is just constantly buzzing, yeah, I really like it too. If your mind is just constantly buzzing, you're not going to be making the best decisions at all times. And you just need to just take that time to just relax and just be in that silence and just let things decompress. Our minds really aren't set up to just constantly be working and working and working. So getting that time for me, it's awesome and I love it. Uh, I try to do it first thing in the morning when I wake up. Prior to that, I was at, prior to starting my meditation practice, I would get up and literally roll over before I even brush my teeth and just start reading emails and just get annoyed and frustrated. Like, oh
0: the sending... your day even started. Yeah,
1: literally, I didn't even have a thought. And I'm getting emails for work that I'm just, it's, it's setting my whole mood. So now I try to wake up first thing, just it's early in the morning. It's quiet. I just start my meditation and it kind of just sets me and gets me in that a good mood and just helps me start thinking clearer and then I just go about my day from that place and that that actually has made a huge difference in just being calm, being present and just being able to handle all the things that are going on in the day cuz we're just living in a fast-paced world right now. What about you? What what do you how do you treat yourself and take care of yourself in 2017
0: treat myself well i'm glad you said that whole part about waking up and looking at your phone i'm definitely guilty of that but i don't look at my emails i will probably go to facebook and instagram and then i'll see something and i'm like okay and you know um especially on facebook if i made a post about something and it creates kind of a debate which i kind of like in a sense i'm like oh i gotta respond to that um (laughs) It does set the tone of my day, and that's something I need to work on, so I'm glad you kind of pointed that out. I need to refrain from that, and also, I look at a news article here and there, but what I've been doing, um, I try to meditate in the morning for about five to ten minutes. You know, the thing is with doing self-care stuff is is a time, right? It's always, can I fit it in? I could be doing this, but the more you do for you, the better you'll be in everything you do. Mm. Um So I try to meditate five to ten minutes in the morning. And it's funny because when I started meditation, I was like, I got to be perfect. My mind needs to be clear. I need to be zen. But that's not really what it's about. And it's not about it being perfect. It's a matter of you being able to just, you know, like not having your thoughts control you. And kind of having that balance, which is something I'm still working on. So I'm not an expert at it. I will do occasionally one or two yoga moves or positions. I'm not... Like, an expert at yoga at all, I do want to take a class, but I know one or two moves, and I also try to fuse that in. I've been slacking on that, so I don't want to claim it too much, but that works. But what really, really works for me is journal writing. Mm. I do it about five days out of the week, um, and if I'm having a really bad day, I'll probably do another entry towards the end of the day like gotta get my thoughts out
1: have i gotten any shout outs in that journal nah,
0: not yet but you may get you may get <sighs> but i love journal writing because um just to see my thoughts on paper and to write it out and sometimes i may start off in the morning not knowing what to write about and then i'm like oh i got two pages in and i didn't even know all of this was on my mind and i feel more relieved and also i get ideas about journal writing um from my vision board. I, I created a vision board and I have it posted up. So I'll pick out a thing or two, like a, a quote or something on there to kind of get my thoughts going so I have something more to write about. And I actually enjoy it. It sets the tone for me. Um, I do think self-care, and I'm still working on other things too. I do go to the gym. I work out. I do. I love kickboxing and boxing. Um, there's other things that I want to do and kind of infuse in my schedule because I think self-care is very important, especially for the next four years. (laughs) Reality is Trump is our president and, um, I don't want to be so consumed with the negatives, even though they're there. Because the other day I caught myself, I was on Facebook a lot and with the whole Muslim ban because I was like, I need to know everything. I need to know what's going on. I need to know every single thing. And every post I've seen that... I was I hurt me in some way I was like this is ridiculous like why is this happening um you know when they suspended the ban, it was like a little bit of hope it wasn't a lot but it was something and I'm just like I said I had to say to myself Kiana you need to put your phone down not go on Facebook at all and just kind of refrain from social media and for like a day or two I didn't go on I was really proud of myself and I was like oh I have to go chat and I was like nope and I was like let me not go on there and then I ended up going on there a couple days later and then my mood was like shifted again But um I definitely think it's good to take a break from social media It's hard This day and age where we're at It's it's really hard But um I just took a couple days break from Facebook I still want to Instagram here and there I wasn't highly affected as much Um But I definitely think self care is very important Especially for us as millennials Like Pierre said We're juggling so much We have so much going on And And you need to find that balance, you know, and I think, you know, what's scary for me is that, you know, there are a certain percentage of us that are millennials who are committing suicide and the rates seemingly it's like it's increasing and it makes me question like what's going on here? Is there a balance? Is self-care infused? And I was like, I need to have self-care for me and put it a part of my schedule to kind of just keep me zen. You know, treat yourself. I need to treat myself. And if, and even, even treating myself. Sometimes I feel guilty if I treat myself, but I'm like, I work hard, I deserve it. You know, if I want to do this, this particular day, and I want to spend this kind of money on this item, I think I deserve it. Or maybe I spend this kind of money to take this yoga class or spinning class, I deserve it. So I definitely think self-care is very important, and I strongly suggest to our viewers, find something you like, whether it's meditation, whether it's yoga, and don't think about the time how much time you doing this because you're doing it for you so it's not a waste of time it's an investment in you and the more you invest in yourself no matter what it is it's going to help you grow and become a better person so definitely do some kind of self-care activity whether it's working out meditation yoga journal writing and don't be ashamed of it do it and be proud whether it's you seeking a life coach get that you know um definitely do that if it works for you would you like to say anything else on the topic
1: um I would love to give a shout out to Headspace, it's an app that I use to start my meditation practice and just getting the fundamentals and I actually get reminders from the app every day and I wanted to share one of them with you guys if anyone out there has thought about meditation and wanted to dive into that world. So it says, everything now commonplace was once considered unusual. The idea of looking after the health of our mind is currently making that journey, and I just thought that was really powerful. Just the idea of it used to be said, it used to be thought, "I'll sleep when I die," or um, "I'm gonna work." the midnight hours and I'm gonna just keep plugging away keep plugging it away and I'm gonna get the success that way but if we're not really taking that time to care for our mind and just have that ease and get rid of that anxiety that life can add to us it's gonna be hard to just perform optimally and just do your best so yeah if you guys are interested check out that app call headspace it's it's pretty awesome
0: and the app that I use for yoga is called um, Yoga Nidra <laughs> I believe it costs pretty cheap. But um, or it could be free by now. Um, it's really good and you could change the settings whether you want to have like water in the background and um or not. And I really do enjoy it. So I would definitely say check that out. That has worked wonders for me, and I actually really, really enjoy it. It goes up to 10 minutes, and like I said, I do it in the morning. So if there's I would definitely say if there's any ideas you may have about any self-care things that you guys may do please let us know and we'll also broadcast it on our show we are in the process of wrapping up our show thank you so much for tuning in this is our first episode but it will not be the last we plan on coming back and we just want to thank you for listening to us and what we had to say and if you have any you know constructive criticism about our show please let us know Pierre would you like to end on a good note
1: um yeah this was awesome I think we crushed it. I'm just going to put that out there. <laughs> I think we did a good job. Um, yeah, we would love to hear from you guys any feedback. And just thank you for taking the time out of your day just to be here with us and, and hear what we have to say. And again, we just love to hear what you guys have to say as well. Um, we love you. I'm sorry. I threw it out there kind of early.
0: We love you. <laughs> and I'm going to say that as well. Also, we'll be wrapping up. And we'll be having another episode next week. So please stay tuned and follow us on this journey, okay? Thank you.
1: Later, guys.